Following Jesus has always been simple. True or false? Now, I didn't say easy. It's always been simple, but it hasn't always been easy. I actually think following Jesus is fairly simple. Not my will, but yours be done. The, the, the blueprints are, fair, are, are well laid out. It's the execution, and it's the challenges that make it kind of tough. So we could probably agree that following Jesus has always been challenging. Yeah. We say, yeah, amen. <laughs> yes, this week, last week, the week, you know what? It's always been challenging. It's great, but it's challenging. But it's not uncomplicated. The way is clear. Following Jesus isn't easy, but it's simple. Take a look at some of the Old Testament stories where God calls his people to follow him. The story of Jericho. The instructions were pretty simple. Walk around Jericho. The execution would have been challenging as they faced different obstacles and, and had to really uh, buckle down and have faith that God would actually come through with this plan. But the instructions, very simple. Just walk around the building. You had to count well on the last day, seven times around. But as long as you could count to seven, instructions were pretty simple. Take a look at Moses. As God calls Moses to, to do various things, he gives him instruction. He says, go and do this and go and do this. Moses doesn't have to figure out a whole lot. He just has to obey, right? Go and stick your staff in the water. And God makes a sidewalk through the sea. Pretty epic, but uh, not very complicated for Moses. I'm sure it was, was stressful. Like, okay, what's going to happen as I wade out into the water and stick my staff into And I have to have faith and believe and, and obey and we got the enemy coming at us. Not easy, but simple. Even Abram, uh, before he became Abraham, God calls him and says, Abram, I want you to leave the country you know, the, the family that you've built, all of this, the, this that you've built for yourself. I want you to take your family and go to the place I'm giving you. What I love about that instruction for Abram all the way back in Genesis was that God doesn't say, here's where you're going. He just says, I want you to get up and, and go that, that direction. Not easy to go in a way where you don't really know how it's going to end, but it is simple. I'm going to go in the direction God is calling me to go. Today we're talking about Jesus' claim in John 14. He says, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The life I'm calling you to is challenging, but how you're meant to execute it all, it's pretty simple. Do as I have done. I am the way. I've shown you the template. This is the way for the Mandalorian fans in the room, right? This is, this is, it's pretty simple. I am the way. You know, all other religions say, follow my teachings. Only in Christianity does Jesus say, follow me. Follow how I lived. How I did it exactly is how you are meant to do it. And it makes sense when Jesus says, I am the way. It's really clear. It, it, he's the way. That means it's how we're supposed to live. How Jesus lived, when he says, I'm the way, that means we're simply supposed to live like he lived. He's the perfect example of what uh, being a human, being God's creation is meant to be. But also, and, and I love this connection, when Jesus says, I am the way, he's also saying the direction, not just when he says this in John 14, but the way I'm going, which by the way, a few pages later, a few days later, involves death, burial, and resurrection. He says, I'm the way too. Go that way. <laughs> Which I think believe, uh, brings us to two things. One, that if we're meant to be with Jesus, that means we have to follow him all the way through. It's not just about being nice to people, but it's about uh, dying to ourselves and living for God. That's how we're meant to live. But also physically, 
uh, as Romans 6 says, dying with him in baptism and raising to life in him in baptism and living a new life full of repentance. That that too is how we follow him in the way. That Jesus isn't just follow me, do nice things, but follow me through to completion where you lay down your life and take it back up again as, as my child. That's the life that Jesus is calling us to. He says, I am the way. If it's so simple, why does it feel so difficult to actually live out the way of Jesus? I think it comes down to a little something I call my way. <laughs> a little something called your way or our way. They go against Yahweh and his plan, right? The great, God, Jesus is the way. And yet our way kind of gets in the way of that, right? Without our way, we would follow really well. We'd be great at following Jesus. But our way gets in the way when it comes to following Jesus. Sometimes we doubt, we rebel, we think we know better, or we just don't take the time to build that trust with God. And so our way gets in the way. Back in 2021 in May, uh, it was right, at, not right after COVID, it was kind of in the middle, but right after there was no travel, and, and me and some friends went to Colorado, and we were going to go on a hike, we were looking for a, an epic mountain to, to hike up, 10,000 feet, it was going to be incredible, and uh, I, I had the, the role of picking the hike that we were going to find, and have a, a little phone na navigation app to lead our group through the wilderness to get to the top of this mountain. You can tell by my temper I mean, that it doesn't go according to plan. Because uh, this is what was going on uh, while we were there. In May, by the way, in Colorado. And uh, we expected it to be pleasant and nice. And it was not. It was snowing the whole time. We show the next picture. There's me. I look like something out of Frozen. Like, yoo-hoo, bring some of Lo out, you know. <laughs> but I, we were like, oh, this was not what we had signed up for. And so the trail that should have been clearly marked, and I had the GPS, I was ready to go, is covered in snow. And so our, our group kind of looked like this as we're going on this hike. And, oh, no, not that way, and this way, and I'm, I'm leading the way. And there are multiple times that I'm going, and I'm, I think we're going the right direction. And uh, the GPS takes a little bit of time to show me that I'm going the wrong way. But I didn't want the group to know. <laughs> And I would be like, oh, it's over here, just like we planned. And I'll show you on the next picture. So it's really hard to see, but there's a black dotted line. Uh, I'll show it over here. There's a black dotted line. And on our way down, we went the right way. But on our way up, we are very off course. I don't know if you can see. Those, those two lines should be right next to each other. But we got very off course because of the snow, because we, we're going a different way than the way mapped out. I'll show you another picture, just how crazy it got. Those should be in alignment, and they're not all over the place. Again, I didn't want anyone to know that we were going in this direction. I'll show you one more, and just to show, we didn't get it right either time, right? <laughs> Up or down. I don't know what's going on with that little peninsula in there, but it, there was just, it was just chaos. <coughs> because it was like, we've got to go our way. We couldn't see the way to go, and so we were going our way, and it wasn't going well. And I think Christianity just comes down to letting go of our way and going with God's way instead. And what I love and what we're going to talk about today is God doesn't simply point directions. He's not just, hey, go that way. But he goes with us. Right? He goes with us. He shows us the way. He demonstrates the way. He's not like, hey, here's your map. Good luck. See you later. But he gives us everything we need to go right with us. So the title today is to get to God's house 
you must go God's way. To get to God's house, you must go God's way. Let's pray together, and then we'll jump into John chapter 14. Father God, what a joy it is to come before you. God, I'm so grateful for your way. When we're sitting here in church, or when we're praying, or when we're in our right mind, we know fully well that your way is better than ours. It's as we go throughout our week, or as we run into challenges, or temptations, or or, uh, just run into all kinds of difficulties, Father God, that we start to doubt that. I pray that today we can be reminded and equipped, Father God, to really cling to your way, even when it's difficult, even when it's challenging, even when it doesn't make sense, that we can cling to your way because of who you are and because you're going with us. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's read John chapter 14 together. We're going through the book of John right now, all about aligning our life with Jesus' life, agreeing with the things that John has said about Jesus. Chapter 14, verse 1 says this. This is right after we talked about last week. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. He says, you guys are all going to betray me. Peter, you're going to do it really bad. Judas is going to do it. It's it's not going to go well. But then he comforts them with this. He comforts them, which is a crazy thought. They're all about to betray him and leave him and abandon him. And he comforts them. That's a total side note, but I just think it's it's crazy. God's love is crazy. Uh, Chapter 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, You will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and that the father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And we'll, for time's sake, we'll go ahead and stop there. But please, on your own, continue to read the rest of, of John 14. So Jesus begins by comforting his disciples. Don't be troubled. And I think this... It's not just comforting them in this moment, but I think he's actually offering a lifeline. 
When you fall tomorrow, when you abandon me tomorrow, when, you, when you're away, when you fall into your sin that you said you're not going to do, don't be troubled. I, I've provided a way back. There's a way back to me. Like, I am the way. Come, come back. And so I think he's comforting them and offering this lifeline. But it's interesting, especially Thomas's response here. He goes, hey, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? The disciples seem very interested in what is the destination. And Jesus doesn't give them that. He's not like, okay, this is what it's going to be like. This is exactly what it's going to look like. But he gives them the directions. That's, that can be what we want sometimes, right? Give me the destination. I want to know how this is all going to work out. Give me the destination. And what God often gives us is the directions of who to be and how to be along the journey. And that's his call. Sometimes we're like the disciples. But where? But where are you going? What's it going to be like? No, I'm the way to follow me and trust me. You know, he also says here, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And claiming to be the truth, he is offering uh, the, the realities to combat false teachings and false realities or false ideas that we can cling to or false things we can believe about ourselves. He says, no, what I say is true. Who I am is true, not these false things that you cling to. And in offering to be the life, it's aligning with what he said in John 11, that he is the resurrection. In John 10, he says, I'm here to give you life to the full. He goes, I'm, I'm the life that you so desperately need and long for. But as I read this whole uh, message here, Oh, sorry, one other thing. Philip says, show us the Father and that will be enough. And I imagine after three years of giving to these guys, and Philip, poor Philip here, he's kind of highlighted, but he says that will be enough, as if Jesus hasn't provided enough already. And I, I, I thought, man, how do we say this to Jesus or God? God, just do this and that will be enough. If you follow my plan, my way, then I'll follow your way so easy to do. I do this in my life. God, if you'll provide this or when things are going well, then I'm going to follow. Then I'm going to do the stuff and I'm excited to follow God and do the right stuff. But when things aren't going well, when God isn't doing enough, that's when I pull back. That's when I, I, I neglect the, the, the simple aspect of prayer and sharing my faith and connecting with other people because I expect things to go well. You hold up your end, I'll hold up my end. Do your part and that'll be enough for me to do my part. We can so be like Philip in this passage. Um, but Jesus corrects that thinking. He doesn't come down on him, but he does correct that thinking. The basic message that I see in this passage is that Jesus is calling his disciples and calling us today to be in alignment with his will, to be in alignment in his way. And one of the ways this is highlighted is when he says, whatever you pray in my name, it will be given to you. And how do we tend to interpret this? With a little stamp at the end of our prayers, right? God, I asked for all this and all this. And by the way, in your name, you said, in your name, and I said the phrase, in your name, here at the end. And sometimes we don't even say your name, we just say, you know, in your name. We don't say in Jesus' name or whatever. But we kind of treat that, and there's nothing wrong with praying that way, by the way. I think it's helpful. But the idea of being and praying in God's name has very little to do with how we pray and more about how we live, that we're asking for these things in alignment with the character of God. See, names had a lot to do with who somebody was, not just what somebody was called. Right? You have some people in the Bible who are named fool, and they're, they're quite foolish. Right? You have different names that align with character traits. And God is saying, this is who I am, and so ask these things in my name. Basically, ask for these things, and they should be in alignment with my will for your life. And so by asking for things, uh, we're not just saying, hey, in your name, here's a little stamp. You know, That's the, the contract agreement that we talked about. No, it has much more to do with being in alignment with God's will and following Jesus' way, or following Jesus as the way. 
and, and stepping into alignment. And he talks a little bit about the Holy Spirit, and we'll cover that in, in a second. But he's saying, keep my commands, believe, follow me, have your life and your way be in alignment with my way. It makes me kind of think of, of uh, a, a wedding and one of those dances where the, it's a line dance or a group dance. And you have some people that don't really know what's going on. But instead of jumping in, they're kind of watching a little bit. They're getting a feel, right? Two hops this time. And they're like, okay, two hops. They're taking notes. They're writing it down. Then about halfway through the song, they're like, okay, I think I know it well enough. I'm going to jump in. And they start actually doing it. And they're learning along the way. But they're going along with what's already happening. And for us as Christians, God is already working and doing all these things. And the call to be in alignment with him, to recognize him as the way, is to jump into the dance. And to do his steps and go his way and be in line, alignment with the spirit and alignment with God's way. Don't be that person that jumps in too soon, you know, and is doing this or that, doing it wrong. It's a whole nother thing, wedding etiquette there. But uh, we need to, to keep his commands to be in step with the spirit. I have two thoughts, two points, if you will, and they're just the destination and the directions. It's not about the destination, but the destination is pretty sweet. What does he say? He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to my father's house, and I'm preparing a place for you. And I, I loved uh, what Bob and Anna shared about today and, and talking about the, the house there and, and what the house had become. And what's cool is in ancient uh, Judea, a family would have a home, and as the family grew, they would add houses onto the original house. And so as, as the family grew, today we were like, oh, I've outgrown this house. I'm going to move. Sometimes you put an extension on a house or whatever, but they would just grow the house with the family. And so Jesus says, I'm going home to add some rooms for you guys, and I'm going to prepare them. We talked about this with the city ministry the other night, and uh, Azim made the point, he said, maybe God has the room prepared before we're born, you know, and he has it there ready, and it's just waiting for us this whole time. And I love that imagery of God just having this place for us. But I also love Jesus saying, I've been with you three years. I know what you guys want. And I love this image of heaven, and, and this passage isn't necessarily all about heaven, it's more about following Jesus as the way, but it paints a picture that heaven, if you've ever thought heaven is just standing around worshiping and you might get bored, that's not the case at all. God knows exactly what's going to thrill us and excite us and bring us closer to him, and we're going to be filled with worship. We're going to be like walking embodiments of worship. It's not just going to be standing singing songs, although that'll be a huge part of it too. But there's no boredom, there's none of this. I don't want to get into all of it. We could go on a whole tangent about heaven, but it's going to be awesome. And we just have this line here that Jesus is preparing a place for us. It also means that Jesus has a place he wants you to be, and that's with him. That is never part of your plan, your journey, your destiny to be away from Jesus. And it's certainly not a part of your eternal destiny that God has for you to be separated from him. That if that's the route you go, it is not God's will. It is not what he wants for your life. He wants you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what's going on in your life, he wants you with him desperately. And he's, he's set the whole place up. He knows what kind of bed you like. He knows what kind of food you like. Like having a friend over, he's got everything ready to your specifications. He wants you with him. We've got to be in alignment with his will. Let's not miss out on the destination that he has for us. On top of that, he says, hey, if you follow me, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, and through that, you're going to do the works I've been doing. But wait, there's more. Call in the next 20 minutes. No, it, he goes, but wait, there's more. You're going to do even greater works than I've done. And we read that, we're like, nah, he's, he's, just, he's just exaggerating there. But Jesus tells the disciples and tells us that we will do greater works than he has done. And he's done some pretty great works. 
And I want to challenge the disciples in this room, the Christians in this room. Do you believe this passage? Or are you blaspheming about against the words of Jesus? You're going to do greater works than him. Christians, I think we've stopped trying to do great works for God. I think we want them. I think there's a desire, but the desire kind of fades as it faces different difficulties or, or we get stuck in our comfort zone. Do you want to do great things for God? Do you desire that? Are you willing to do the works? Now, we're not saved by works. I think we're all clear about that in this room. But we are saved for works. We are saved and redeemed to be workmanship of God to go forward and do great works for God and with God. How's your spiritual ambition? Elena loves talking about this. How's your ambition to do great things for God? Do you have more ambition in your career, in your school, in your family life, in, in your, your hobbies or whatever, or in your video games or whatever? Do you have more ambition in that than for the, the, the works that God has destined you to do? In, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says God has predestined you to do great works that he has uh, put together for you to fulfill. He has great works for you to do. And he says that you, through him, will do greater works than he's done. Following Jesus means embarking on an adventure for God. So again, a challenge for the Christians. Do you believe this? Do you believe that it's worth it to sacrifice your time to meet with the body? On a Wednesday night, by the way, we just meet in person, men and women, just one Wednesday a month. It used to be a four or five Wednesdays a month. We're just talking one, maybe two for ministry a month. That's nothing. Yeah, you come home from work, you're tired, I get it, that makes sense. You have to scarf down dinner and turn back around. But do you believe that it's worth it to devote your time to build something meaningful and to do great works? Do you believe that God has called us to do greater works than him? Do you believe that it's worth it to open your mouth in the grocery store line and tell somebody and invite them to church? Do you believe that it's worth it that you can change someone's eternal destination? You can make their life so much richer by just opening up your mouth. Do you believe that? Or do you believe the lies of it's not worth it, it's, not, it's too awkward, or all this? But do we really believe, as Jesus says, that we will do greater works than him? Do you believe that it's worth it to live for God? That the things we have to let go of, the things we have to give up, the... The, the pleasures of this life that we want so desperately to clamor for, do you really believe that what Jesus is offering you is far better? That we're meant to do greater works than these. You know, the destination is clear. It's so wonderful. It is to be with God. That, that's the whole point here. Is it's just simply to be with God. That's the destination, to be with him forever and to do works with him in this life until we make it to heaven. So the destination is to be with God. But guess what? The directions are the same. The directions and the destination are the same. The destination is to be with God, and the directions are, hey, go with God. <laughs> be with God along the way. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus saying, I am the way, and follow me. He's like, hey, I'm going to take you, and where I'm taking you, that's where we're going to be together. So you're with me on the journey, and even greater, you're with me at the destination. So the destination and the directions are the same. And he calls us to follow him, to be in alignment with his will. You know, on this hike, as we are getting towards the top, we thought, we couldn't see anything, by the way. Uh, when we finally got to the top, we, uh, we had to pull up our phones and, and look at the pictures of what, we could, like, what it might have looked like if it wasn't so cloudy. We're like, wow, this looks really beautiful. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was so cloudy. We were on our way. We were doubting, are we really, can we really make it, right? And you're, you're thinking thoughts like, are, could we get stuck here? You know, who's, who, 
we need to eat somebody who's on the list? You know, who, no, I'm just kidding. But it felt a little bit desperate, right? What, what are we going to, are we going to make it? Surely we can make it down. There's just one direction and it's just down and we'll find some, we'll find some sort of civilization. So there's a little bit of panic setting in and then we hear it behind us. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. And we look behind and I kid you not, there's, this woman had to be around 65 to 70 years old and she's got her little poles and she's walking and she's fully donned and in all the snow gear, and she's like, hello, and it walks right past us. And we were like, you guys saw her too, right? <laughs> like, we're not hallucinating here. And she walks past us, and we're like, let's follow her. <laughs> and so we're like trailing behind her, like not in a creepy way, but we're like, she clearly knows the way. And we follow her, and, and uh, she's like, yeah, it's this way. And she shows us, and she, what she said was, it was her lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> She lives in Colorado. It was her lunch break. We're all like, we're on this epic hike, and this is just her lunch break on any given Tuesday, right? And so she's climbing up. Her name was Liz, and she tells us, oh, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff, and, and I like to hike. And, and then she gets up, and she starts back down. And we're like, we would have never made it to the top without Liz coming in and rescuing us through her example, right? But as she's going, what gave us confidence was it's clear that she knows the way. So we're going to follow her. And in the snow, it's really cool, too, because she went down way faster than we did. So we were exhausted, but we saw her footprints. And, and that's what we need to do, be in step with Liz and the way that she went. And we got out way faster, as you saw in the directions, a lot faster on our way down. But we needed someone like Liz who knew what she was doing. And we didn't have to know the full scenario, but we knew, based on what we saw, that we could trust Liz. And she would get us to the top and eventually get us back down safely. And she did. And I think that likens to the role of the Holy Spirit in our life and what Jesus says here. I'm going to give you the Spirit, and it's going to be far better. I'm going to give you this advocate. The Greek word is this, the paraclete. It's a, 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 um, um, a judgment word. It's, it's basically like a, a lawyer or an advocate in the courtroom. That God is giving us the Holy Spirit, and it's not just to comfort us and make us feel better, although he does make us feel better. And he does comfort us, but he's there to advocate for us, to show us this is the way to go, and to point us in a particular direction. And uh, as uh, Galatians talks about, there's this instruction in Scripture for us to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And again, think about those footprints. This is the way to go, and we have a decision to make. Am I going to go and veer off the path when I have not just the directions in the Holy Scriptures, but also I have the Holy Spirit guiding me in which way to go? And I can actually be in step with the Spirit to think for a second. In what direction is God's Holy Spirit calling me to go? Sometimes we need other people in our life. Sometimes we need clarity in a moment of stillness so we can listen to the Spirit. Sometimes we need the Scriptures to aid the Spirit to help us understand better. But we need to be in step with the Spirit. And that's the way to go. And how can we actually do that? It just comes down to trust. The whole point of this passage is Jesus says, I'm the way. You've seen enough of me to see the Father. Don't you trust me? Don't you trust me enough to follow me? And though they doubt a few days later, or actually the next day, eventually they come back to the way and they follow him to the end and they trust him to the end. This is a passage about trust. How's your trust in God? Does your life reflect someone who trusts God? Because when we trust God, we're willing to step out on faith for him. We're willing to go with God because we trust his direction. We don't have to know the destination. We don't have to know how everything's going to work out. We don't have to understand everything. Not everything in our life has to be going well. We just have to trust the way maker and follow him. He is the way and follow who he is and go with God.
So how do we build trust with God? Because I think all of us will say, yes, I trust God, but help me overcome my lack of trust. Because we have things that we doubt and things that we need help with. How do we build trust in God? We've got to answer the call from God first. Just kidding. No, but we've got to trust in God. There, there's two things, I think, primarily that can help us to trust in God. There's, there's more than two, by the way, but two things I want to highlight today. The first is to get in the Word. The word, I was talking to a brother about this yesterday, the word is like a window into the character of God. It gives us uh, understanding and knowledge of who God is and his character and his love and his, um, his willingness to, to love us even in our failures, even when we fall, even when we're, we're, we're straying away from God. He loves us and pursues us as we talked about last week. But the best way to really see that clearly is to get into the word. To read scriptures, call it having a quiet time, call it reading scripture, call it whatever, but read about Jesus or listen to Jesus. If you're not a reader, put in the, the earbuds or whatever, and, and earbuds, those are not, that's a movie <laughs> about a dog. Put in the airpods or the earbuds and, and listen to the story of Jesus and, and let who Jesus is come alive in your life. Can you answer the question, what amazes you about Jesus this morning? someone were to ask you that. Prayerfully, we could, but sometimes we're, we're so distant from getting into our Bibles that that seems like a foreign question. Or what has amazed you about Jesus this week? What has brought you to tears when you think about Jesus? What is like astounding you about Jesus? What makes you fired up to follow Jesus when you're reading the scriptures? Even what's befuddling about Jesus, and that can cause you to dive in deeper. But what is amazing you about Jesus? We got to get into the word. The other thing we got to do is we got to take a step of faith. As Jesus said, you're going to do greater works than these. The disciples in this passage, and for us, we have to be willing to take a step of faith. And it works twofold, right? As we're reading about Jesus and understanding his character, we're like, okay, I trust him enough, I'm going to take a step of faith. And by taking a step of faith, we see him work. And then we're like, wow, that was amazing. I want to get to know Jesus more. We start reading more, and we take another step of faith, and we see him go. But when we're out of practice of one or either of those, then our trust begins to atrophy. Our trust begins to fade. And we, we like Jesus, and we come to church, and we sing songs about Jesus, and we're familiar with Jesus, but our trust fades, and so our obedience and our alignment with his will starts to fade as well. Yeah. And so think about your life. Maybe both of those are, are lacking, the, the reading scripture about who Jesus is or taking steps of faith. Maybe both of them are lacking or just one of them, or maybe neither. I'm not really sure. But what would it be like to take a, a step of faith? Not even a leap, right? I'm trying to be generous here. Just a step. Just one step this week. Okay, this would stretch my faith this week. And I'm going to see God work by stepping out on faith. And that is going to increase my faith and my trust in Jesus. Or, and, read some scripture. Dive into the word of God. We got a few more John journals left. If you want to dive into the story of who Jesus is in the book of John, we're happy to, to share that with you. Dive, take notes, but see who Jesus is. And uh, uh, if you do those two things, I do believe that we will build faith as a community, faith as individuals. If you are visiting with us today, I strongly encourage you to come see me afterwards or, or go over to the table over there. Grab one of these books, Go With God. It's a, a Bible study series all about deepening our relationship with Jesus and looking at what does it really mean to be a Christian. And wherever you're at in your journey, this can help you go further with God. And so we'd love to sit down, whoever invited you out or whoever you might know from here, we'd love to sit down and open up the scriptures with you and give you one of these books for free. So come see me afterwards or grab one from the table back there. But we'd love to dive into the field guide to go with God on our journey and to build trust. Church, he is the way. He promises the Holy Spirit to guide us, to guide us in the direction, to provide the steps that we need to be in step with. 
he also uh, promises us that we're gonna do greater works than, than even he did. But it takes us to set aside our way and cling to his way because he is the way, amen? Amen, amen. let's stand and sing one final song.